It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coach Harris and I met five years ago, and we were in a pool. Don't ask why. And I remember thinking, I like that guy. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and joining me now for the second day in a row, Lance Dahl, host of On the Line, which you can hear on ESPN 106.7 here at the Auburn Network. How are you, my friend? I value every opportunity to be on Locked on Auburn. You are such a suck-up, and I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. All right, so I was driving around town doing some errands earlier this week, and I was listening to, to you and Noah do you all show. And Noah kind of had a, a tease going into a break, and then I wasn't able to listen to the rest of the show. So, uh, But he said that you were going to share your rankings for offenses in the SEC. Right. And I'm curious to hear this. I'm curious to hear who you have. I assume Ole Miss will be at one, but I'm curious who you have at two. And I'm also curious where Auburn is. So if you don't mind, take us through what your rankings were. All right. Do you want me to start at the bottom and work my way up? Just briefly go through the bottom half because I, it's I, really I, uninteresting. I don't care about the bottom. Okay. Just, just I really just want you to read through till Auburn's there. So. Okay. So it goes Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Arkansas, and then A&M at seven. At number six, I have Auburn as the sixth best offense in the SEC. Above Auburn is Florida. At number four is LSU. Number three is Georgia. Number two is Alabama. And like you mentioned, number one is Ole Miss. You have LSU's offense above Auburn's? I do. What's your thought process there? Thought process there is that I think this LSU offense is probably going to be able to stretch the field a little bit better than Auburn's is. I know LSU's run game was, according to Pro Football Focus, their run blocking actually was pretty average, but wasn't bad. But they didn't run the ball a whole lot last year, and their running backs were seemed subpar. But that that uh, that passing offense, man, either Max Johnson or Miles Brennan is going to be able to pilot that, and I think they're both going to. Whoever starts, I think is going to be able to do a fantastic job. I think they're going to score I think the offensively yardage wise I think you're going to see them stay kind of where they they were at last season I believe it was at like 32 33 points per game you might see a slight increase now that you're seeing uh seeing one of these guys take the helm for an entire season mm. so I I see this LSU offense clicking and staying like they were last season I think Miles Brennan will be the starter there I just think there's too much experience I I, I don't think um, that the other guy, Max Johnson, I don't think he'll start the season. That's just my gut. But I don't think he's a better quarterback than Bo Nix. And I like Brian Harson's influence in an offense more than what's going on at LSU. I think we're still holding on to this this potential offense that we saw them win, win them a national championship a few years ago. And like none of those pieces are there anymore. None of those coaches are there anymore. And I'm just I'm I'm skeptical to all of it. I, I'm just I'm not a believer in LSU, their offense or defense this year. I, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be like middle of the pack in the conference, but towards the bottom of the SEC West. I'm just I'm not high on them. So I'm surprised that you have them higher than Auburn. Yeah, I, I think their defense is atrocious, but I, I think the the recruits are there. I think the talent is definitely there. It's just a question of whether or not their new offensive coordinator can actually continue to get them going. I mean, 15th nationally in pass offense, yards, yard, passing yards per game last season, 32 points per game. 
I think you could you could go with either Miles Brennan or Max Johnson because Max Johnson at the end of the season played one games against better competition compared to what Brennan did early on in the season went one and two as a starter and lost to Missouri uh, and uh, Mississippi State so I think we definitely could see a battle there but I I like this offense I like the talent there I really do like the talent at LSU so the interesting thing here is a lot of people are going to rank offenses by yards per game or points per game. And I think that's okay. I think that's fine. And, you know, if you guys follow Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer, you will see him say it over and over and over again. It's 2021. It's time we grow up. And it's time that we look at yards per play because offenses are all over the place now as far as tempo and things like that. And I think Brian Harson and Mike Bobo, this offense, is going to be excuse me, it's going to be a little bit slower than the offenses that we see at LSU and Alabama and Florida. And especially with the defense that Auburn is going to have, the games are just going to be shorter, I believe. And especially with, you know, if Auburn is able to run the football like they're going to try to run the football with Tank and Shivers and maybe Hunter at this point, I think as far as points per game and yards per game, they're going to be behind some of these other teams. Mm-hmm. But from an offense, as far as efficiency goes, efficiency, yeah. I think they're going to be a better offense than the likes of LSU and uh, and Florida. What were the other teams? They're, I don't think they'll be better offensively than L- Ole Miss or Bama. But who were the other ones? It, it goes Ole Miss, Bama, Georgia, LSU, Florida, Auburn. And Georgia's probably going to be in the same boat, right? I think Georgia's going to run a slower-based offense than a lot of the teams in the conference. And they're going to want to run the football and keep the clock running. And their defense is going to be able to slow guys down. So that's kind of my thought process when talking about where Auburn is in the SEC come the end of 2021 I don't think they're going to look impressive in regards to you know okay are they going to score north of 30 points per game but I think the yards per play is going to go up I'm fine with that I'm fine with that I still think LSU and Florida and Georgia all have different things that really make those offenses impressive and you you talk about efficiency I don't know what necessarily whether or not those offenses were efficient I think Florida's was last season I think mm-hmm. Georgia's will be this season I think not only are they going to be able to stretch the field but they will be able to to chew the clock a little bit and be able to run the football I think they're going to be be able to do a lot of different things I think Georgia's going to be really dynamic this season but I can appreciate that I can understand that it's just I've got a lot of concerns about this Auburn offense as to how this offensive line is going to gel and different things like that. There are just a lot of question marks that make me wonder, is this offense going to be able to take the next step, either points per game, yards per game, efficiency-wise? I I think it's going to happen. I just don't know how significant of a jump that is. Right. The big thing is, is are they going to be able to shift their mindset in the trenches to what yes. they want to do. Like You don't just become a blue-collar team because you want to. I think a lot of people and a lot of coaches would want their team to become a blue-collar team and just be hard-nosed, but you have to have the guys to do that. You've got to get mean in the trenches. And last year, Auburn was not mean on either side of the football in the line of scrimmage. Auburn got pushed around both on offense and on defense by teams that were better than them. But that was kind of Gus Malzahn's thing, right? Like, he'd have no problem beating you if his guys were better than the other guys that he was going up against. But it's when they were equal or, you know, we, we saw how the Malzahn-Auburn teams stacked up against Alabama and Georgia at the uh, you know last year, and it's just like, man, there wasn't anything that you can do. Right. But when you're hard-nosed and you don't get pushed around, all of a sudden talent matters less because you don't care. You don't care about it. Right. And... A lot of that is a mentality. 
A lot of that is culture, but also like you have to be physically gifted and strong and big enough to back all that up. And that's the big question. We won't know if Harson has fully changed that until Penn State and LSU. Right. And we talked about this briefly on yesterday's show. I think talent definitely is a fa- is a factor whenever you're going up against other really, really talented teams. But something else that's really important is player development. And that's what we should be looking at in 2021. Can Harson develop some of these guys that are on roster from Malzahn's recruiting classes? Because Malzahn recruited. He recruited well. Mm-hmm. He did not recruit poorly. He got his guys. Again, we talked about it yesterday. I've talked about it a few times on the show. You can go look at 24-7 sports, blue chip ratio. Auburn's like 10th or 11th. So they're in that realm of competing for a national title. They just need a coach to come in and actually develop some of these players. And I think that's something that Harson did at Boise State. I think he's going to be able to do that but with four and five star talent here at Auburn. So it's there is going to be a progression. There is going to be there. The trenches will get better. It's just the question of how quickly. And Harson's got to be able to recruit and bring in some of those guys. Steele said yesterday, he's like, I think Harson's an excellent recruiter. I think he is going to be able to bring in some of his guys and make this offensive line work. So I'm excited to see what happens. Right. And I think we'll see the defensive line definitely get pushed around less this year. I feel very good about that. But on the offensive side, are we going to be doing the pushing around consistently? No. I don't think so. I'm not confident in that. Or we'll be fine until like you play. I think we'll be able to push around LSU. I think we'll be able to push around the Mississippi schools. I think we'll be able to push around Arkansas. But like when you play teams that are just going to be better than you in certain positions, like A&M, Bama, and Georgia, and that's that's why Auburn fired Malzahn is because he couldn't do it against those teams. Mm-hmm. And so it's like if you're in the same spot, it's kind of raises some questions. Like you know. Was it worth it? Was it worth that big buyout? And I I think people will see this team get better as the season goes on, and they will find that it was worth it, because I think this is a long-term investment with Brian Harson. But we already saw the fruit of that pretty early. I mean, when the the updated rosters came out early in the offseason, it's like, oh my gosh, everyone in this roster has gained like 20 pounds. And like that was encouraging to see. Yeah, it's uh, player development is incredibly important. Something else I want to point out about those Bama, A&M, Georgia games, I think in the past some Auburn fans have been a little frustrated with the way that Gus Malzahn has managed those games as far as play calling and things like that. Would you no, agree? No, no, there's no doubt. So I'm really interested to see how Harson how Harson evaluates these better programs and how he goes into game day and how he coaches on game day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be interested to see what type of plays he calls, how he manages the offense, whether or not he goes for it on fourth and inches in the middle of the field, unlike Malzahn. Appreciate that, Malzahn. Right. I'm just interested to see how Harson will manage the game compared to what Malzahn did because we actually, on the line, on ESPN 106.7, we had a caller come in or call in and be like, I'm going to be honest, I don't think Nick Saban's the best game day coach. I think he's an excellent recruiter. I think he's got incredible incredibly talented players. I think he's got good coordinators, but on game day, whenever he matches up against teams that are just as good as him... He loses. He loses. He doesn't manage the game well. It's going to be interesting to see if Auburn can kind of get on that level and I'm just saying Auburn plays at home against Alabama this season. That'd be wild. That'd be wild, especially if they got some positive momentum going there. Starts Um, with Penn State. It does. 
It absolutely does. No, no, no. It starts with Akron, my friend. Akron. Yes. Brandon Council flex game. Let's go. <laughs> it is the Brandon Council Bowl, right? Is that what we're going to call it? I think so. It? What was his prediction on our Instagram poll? He said Auburn was going to beat Akron like 48 to 7. Yeah, is that I think, what it was? He, think he said 48 to 7 was his prediction against his former team. That's savage. I love you, Brandon Council. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball's in full swing. The playoffs are happening in NBA and hockey. Uh, UFC and MMA actions happening virtually every weekend. Get in on the action by using uh, promo code Locked On when you go to BetOnline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. But yeah, use that promo code. And you will get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, the easiest way to bet on sports. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Continuing our conversation about this offense and uh, you, you mentioned our interview with Phil Steele. Um, one of the best in the business. Uh, he is the best in the business as far as previewing the college football season. He was on the show yesterday. If you missed that, please check that out. And then Lance, you and I spent about 10 minutes talking about his conversation. And one thing, when I, was, when I went back and looked at the show, it's like we, the, the, the most interesting tidbit of the interview, we actually didn't talk about. And it sounds like with his conversation with what it sounds like with Brian Harson, when the pass catchers came up, the first guy he mentioned was John Samuel Shanker. Really? Isn't that interesting? It's really, really interesting. And then he went to Capers and Hudson, hmm. which Hudson is a very natural receiver. But hmm. but the Shanker thing is interesting because his time was limited at spring because of baseball. So it's like, how much does he even know Shanker? But uh, I, that was, to me, that was the most surprising tidbit of the conversation. And we're dumb for not bringing that up yesterday. Well, when evaluating some of these tight ends in the SEC, we've ranked them on the line on ESPN 106.7. Noah Gardner and I have gone through and ranked some of our guys. And we always talk about the top guys being safety valves for some of these offenses, being reliable, somebody that you can go to, somebody with sure hands that has a basic route tree that knows just how to get open and how to be physical downfield. And we've been talking about how we don't know who that guy is going to be for Auburn, but we believe the tight end position will be productive. Auburn's got so many different guys that they could look at. I would not be surprised if they went tight end by committee essentially this season because they've got Frazier, they've got Fromm, they've got Deal, they've got Shanker, and if Cal Katera had stayed, this may be one of the top five units in the country. I forgot about him. Re- missed that guy. Hope he didn't. I, I wish he didn't go to SMU. He would have he been the pass catcher uh, on, on this offense at the tight end spot. Surely but, if he felt that, he wouldn't have left. Yeah, well, it was under Malzahn at the time, so I don't, I don't know what Malzahn was telling him. Got it. I don't I don't trust anything that he would have told him, but maybe maybe he made the same pitch that he did to Harold Joyner. It's like you can be the next Charles Clay. Yay. That was such a weird era. Anyway, as far as Shanker's concerned, I believe he he leads all pass catchers last season that are in that receiving receiving core. Outside of like uh Tank Bigsby and Shiver Shivers, uh Bigsby is the is the returning uh, lead receiver on, on this roster, like as far as pass catching goes, but like from the receiver tight end room, Shanker's really? the Shanker's the the guy. As far as receptions or as far as yards, receptions and yards. No way. Mm-hmm. I, I guess that makes sense. I'm thinking through the guys. Shedrick Jackson hasn't picked up enough. No. Huh. It's weird. That is weird. It is weird. But 
it kind of gives me hope and something that Noah and I were talking about. I was like, well, we talked to Justin Ferguson about this actually a little bit. It's like, is Schenker the guy? Like, can he run enough routes? Is he fast enough? Does he have enough hands? I've just not seen enough from him. And when, what we have seen from him are those little trick plays to the left side of the field. I think it was against Georgia in 2018 and 2019 when Joey Gatewood threw that touchdown pass at Texas A&M. Right. It was just those little trick plays into the corner of the end zone. Are we going to actually see him get to run some routes in the middle of the field? Mm-hmm. We just haven't seen it. So I don't know if AK-47 John Samuel Schenker is actually going to be able to get those balls. I I don't I just don't know if it's going to be him. But I will say this: this tight end position is going to get a lot more targets this season. I feel like the, you, we saw Boise State offenses uh, under Harson. I believe they almost have like two tight end, three tight end sets occasionally, and they'd be putting them downfield. And I'm really excited to see what Harson does with these guys because again, talent as far as compared to what Boise State was doing. If you're able to develop those players, you should be able to develop four- and five-star talent, right? All right, we'll talk a little basketball in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. What's your favorite built Bar? They're all delicious. They're all very high in protein. They all taste like candy bars. They're all low in calories. All those things are fantastic. You need to try built Bar. They've got a ton of different flavors, something for everyone. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Some people say caramel. That's embarrassing. Don't embarrass yourself. It is caramel. But go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. and You'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so Auburn's got some positive momentum in recruiting on the basketball front. Um, A future cast has been put in by uh, Jeffrey Lee of AuburnSports.com for Zion Cruz, the five-star shooting guard, a 6'5", 175-pound shooting guard, very electric, very good at the game of basketball. He is from, is from I think he's from New Jersey, yep. right? From New Jersey, yeah. 17th best prospect nationally, according to 24-7 Sports. Second best shooting guard in the entire country. I love you. I'm so, so, so excited about this. Give me Zion right now. Give me Zion, Zion 2.0. He's better than Williamson. He's better than Williamson. Yeah, get out of here. Get out of here, man. Zion Cruz, I mean, and you talk about NIL, I mean, that is going to be a name, tell you what. Yes, he is going to have a deal with Under Armour. Yes, he will. Yeah. Gosh, man, Bruce Pearl in this this basketball team. Would you say he's cruising? I would say he's cruising. Their ability to recruit and actually get these guys and actually have them come and play boggles my mind compared to where we were at in 2014, 2015. It's crazy. It is absolutely wild getting guys like Cooper, Heron, Wiley was a big commit, I believe, at the time getting guys like Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler on campus. This may be, I tweeted this out just a, just a, a couple of days ago. We may look back at this 2021-22 season and say this may be one of the best starting fives in Auburn basketball history. Oh, I think you can already say that. I think you can already make the argument on, as far as talent. Now they've paper, got a mesh and become a team. Right. On paper, uh, they, they look phenomenal. Right. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, even like, I mean, you can go eight or nine deep and it's like, holy cow, that is incredible. That is incredible. I mean, you, you look at it and it's like, Who's the 10th guy in this rotation? Chris Moore? Maybe, yeah. And it's like, does, what does he do 
on like one of Bruce Pearl's first teams. Like he's right. he's the star. He's a, yeah, he's one of the starters and he's he's probably got a significant role. I'm really excited to see what Cruz does if he commits to Auburn and he's playing next season because you got to think about it. Flanagan will most likely be gone, right? You have to assume he's entering the draft cuz he could be a first round draft pick depending on how this season goes. Yeah. At that shooting guard spot, you're either going to have Jasper, Cambridge. Am I am I missing some? Katie Johnson mm-hmm. will be battling out, b- battling it out. So that's going to be interesting to see where he fits in. Auburn's all of a sudden got a lot of depth, a lot of really really talented depth. And you look at the starting lineup again. Most of the guys that are starting were not even in the, in the program a year ago. Most of the bench players are starters from last season. I think that's a really exciting thing. Yeah, and that's going to be the big question is how quick can all these guys come together. But I think Bruce is going to be better at doing that than most yes. coaches would be. That's exactly what I was about to say is something that I trust Bruce Pearl with is, is bringing guys together and giving them chemistry. I think he does it better than a lot of coaches in the country. And I think this team is going to gel. That may not They may not gel early, but Auburn always peaks towards the end of the season. And Bruce Pearl's really, really good at getting guys to, to come together come March Madness. So I'm... I cannot describe how excited I am. The the basketball tournament team, War Ready, they announced um, Javon McCormick will be joining that team. Did you see that announcement? I did see that. I did see that. Initially, I thought it was going to be Dowdy because they mentioned it was a Final Four player. And I was like, oh, well, they got Smear Dowdy, of course. But no, they got McCormick. And he was somebody that I, I was looking to see War Ready to add. I feel like they could have used another point guard. I'm really excited to see because Kareem Canty... Is is kind of like a kind of like a combo guard in my opinion. He's mm-hmm. he's a ball dominant point guard. He's going to shoot the basketball. That's what he's coming to do. Is there another point guard on the roster that I'm missing? Ooh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I can't think of anybody on roster right now that is a true point guard that is going to spread the ball around and, and, and be efficient in that area. But McCormick's a great addition in my mind. I'm trying to f- see if they have their. The yeah, roster. Yeah, they don't have like a website or anything. Yeah, I don't think they do. It's really frustrating because multiple times I've gone to see, okay, who do these guys really have on roster? Just to kind of scroll down and take a look and see, just to, just to get excited again. Because I think Auburn, compared to last season in the basketball tur- tournament, actually has a chance. And I really like the rebranding. I really like how they're actually just committing to all these different, just Auburn players. I know they've got like a Georgia State player or something on roster, but I really like how it's the majority of the players are, are Auburn Tigers. So... I think they've got a legitimate shot this year. I p- believe they play in the West Virginia Regional, and I don't know who they play, but I'm interested to see how that works out. Bryce well, Brown, last year was just such a bummer. Yeah, Bryce Brown compared. I, I, he he was really really bad in that game, from what I remember. All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, we've got. This is a tweet from June 22nd, so that's fairly recent. Um. So it's not going to have it's not going to have McCormick. So add McCormick, uh, Frankie Sullivan's the head coach, Simeon Bowers, Bryce Brown, Kareem Canty, T.J. Dunnans, Malik Dunbar, Josh Dollard, T.J. Yang, Deshaun Murray, Danjo Purifoy, Laron Smith, and Horace Spencer. Yeah, they needed a point guard. Yeah, McCormick was a really good addition in that case. After thinking of, after going down the roster, that was a very solid addition. I'm sure Canty will start. Yeah, but. McCormick may be more valuable. McCormick's more efficient off the bench. We saw that in, in his first season. Point. That's a good point. 
He's a he was a very underrated piece of that final four run. He really, really was. Because we don't, we don't beat New Mexico State if he doesn't save us at the end. When you're looking at his numbers from that freshman season, you're like, oh my goodness, this dude's 50, shooting fifty percent from the floor and like forty three percent from three. He's going to be incredible in a starting role. And then he kind of tapered off because they asked him to do a little too much, yeah. in my opinion. But he's still really, really valuable. I think he's he's consistent and I think he's really clutch. Something that Sharif Cooper wasn't, by the way. I just want to point that out. Real Real quick, Sharif Cooper was not as clutch as Javon. Sharif Cooper's just chilling, about to be a first-round draft pick, and you just hit on him. You just hated on him for no reason. It's okay. He grew two inches within the last month. It's all good. Yeah, it's got to be his hair. Yeah, it's got to be the. Hair. Yeah, <laughs> Auburn didn't measure the hair, and then uh, the NBA did. I Ran- think that's all it was. Random question: Who do you think goes first, Cooper or Thor? I think Thor does right now. I think Thor goes before Sharif Cooper. I'm kind of in that boat as well. After seeing all the hype, guys like Katz uh, interviewing him and and all these different sources writing articles about him and actually boosting his draft stock and realizing that, was, oh, this dude is really, really talented and he can shoot the basketball. So. Well, the NBA is all about potential. That, that draft is all about potential. Obviously, it helps if you're a stud at college or high school, you know, and then you kind of do a D-league or whatever kind of thing. But, yeah, I think uh, I think Thor goes before him now, which is amazing to think about i thought he was like 610 and they had him listed at like six eight and a half. Oh, really yeah which is wild to me but his wingspan's like bigger than Giannis's. is, long, it, is that right it's longer than Giannis's. yeah hmm. he's gonna be able to play some defense yeah people are gonna want that it's gonna raw untapped potential. and he's like 16 years old yeah. That's exaggeration, but I think he's still 18. Yeah, I think he, man, that's crazy to think about that somebody. Y'all, y'all are the same age? Yeah, that we're the same age, and one of us is chilling here, and the other one is 6'10", 6'8"-ish. Going yeah, he's about to get NBA. drafted, and you're talking about him. Yeah, so pretty, that's the difference. It's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I'm 10 years older than you, and it's the same same thing. So <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't get any better. It just hurts worse every year. But that's all fine. All that's my okay. homies know his pain. Uh, where can people find you and hear you? Follow me on Twitter at Pound, and you can listen to, the, to my show on the line on ESPN 106.7 and on Fox Sports Central Alabama weekdays from 2 to 4. Follow me on Twitter at Z Black. Read the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. And tune in to tomorrow's show as Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer joins us for a Ferg Friday right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.